everybody. Brian McCumber here from Tech Money Talks. I'm super excited because today we are doing one of the most highly requested episodes. We are fortunate to have Tanner Plains as a special guest on the show. And for those of you in dropshipping, you should know who he is. And if you don't, then you've been missing out big time because he was one of the first to change the landscape of dropshipping using the techniques of influencer marketing. If you're interested in starting an online business to make extra money, you better save this episode in your back pocket and listen to it over and over again because the stories and the tips you're gonna learn here will give you the opportunity to quickly launch your own business to help your wallet grow fat. Tanner is literally next gen and you'll find out why later in the episode. He is one of the youngest professional dropshippers on the planet, earning millions of dollars by the young age of 18. Over the past couple of years, before my eyes, he's been dominating dropshipping with his innovative approach and has been mentoring others how to successfully do the same. Tanner is the real deal and is one of the most transparent professional dropshippers out there on the internet right now, becoming an internet celebrity over the past couple of years. He is crushing it and everyone is looking to get a piece of his time. I'm so happy to have him on the show today. Tanner, thanks for joining us, man. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you for those words, man. Really, really. Awesome. Saying How did I do? Was the intro okay or what? Yeah, the intro was great, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, usually awesome. like when these kind of things happen well this is actually my first time on a po podcast so it's pretty exciting hey um, first yeah kicking it off right you know definitely man hey this is great stuff looking forward to this highly requested for sure and uh you know like i said you've been crushing it out there and drop shipping and it's just just been great but i would say you know for the audience so for those that may not know who you are maybe can you share your journey into drop shipping and how you got into it yeah yeah so i'll try and keep it um as brief as possible it may take like a couple of minutes here but basically you know growing up i never I, in middle school and stuff i always tried to uh you know go out for the soccer team to tryouts and stuff like that and i could really never ever get on the sports teams i never really had good grades and you know I don't want to sound like cliche, like, you know, I didn't fit in. I was a, you know, misfit or whatever. You know, I wasn't like a bad kid. Um, uh -huh. You know, I was raised well by my parents. You know, I really loved them. And, um, like, I just I just wasn't normal. I didn't really fit in. Like, I you know, I just wasn't fitting with the normal. I had trouble making friends. Um, and I sort of noticed that as time went on. And, you know, so I would spend my time doing other things. Um, you know, since I wasn't playing sports like most of the other kids in my school, you know, they would, after school, they'd go to, you know, soccer practice for a couple hours or whatever and then go home and, homework, whatever. Um, but like for me, when I was 13 years old, um, for Christmas, I got a, an iPad mini. Um, and that was nice. like one of the main things I spent my time on, you know, since I wasn't playing sports and stuff. You know, I was going there, watch videos, play games, you know, whatever I do. I was only 13. I didn't really know anything about business, but I was always doing things like mowing lawns and different things like that to make money. Um, like a little quick, funny story. I remember I would mow lawns for one of my, my dad's friends. My dad would drive me over to his house just to mow his grass. And I remember, like, I was so, so, like, small and weak. I couldn't even start the mower. It's like, you know, I have to pull it to start it. Um, and I remember someone would be, it would be in the yard, and I had to stop the mower, and I wouldn't be able to turn it back on. I have to go inside and get the guy who was paying me to start the lawnmower for me. I remember I'd feel so bad every time. I'd sit there for, like, 30 <laughs> minutes just trying to start it. Um, but anyways, you know, I was always doing, like, small stuff like that, like sitting yeah. in front of my driveway trying to eliminate, you know, all this stuff that sounds – you know, pretty normal, but I mean, I just wanted to make some money because I didn't really do anything else. Um, mm -hmm. And then, uh, for those of you that know the social media app Vine, it came out um, in 2013, I believe. 
Um, mm. It was, it's basically like six second videos and, you know, it became very popular very fast. And, you know, I got on there, I was using it sort of like from the consumer perspective of just watching other funny people. Um, but I was like, you know, I, I want to make cool videos you know, I want to be popular. I want to have a lot of followers. You know, a lot of people, yeah. a lot of young kids these days see YouTubers and they want to be a YouTuber. That was sort of how I was with Vine. But as far as my personality goes, you know, I wasn't someone to go out there and, you know, make funny videos because I was so scared of what other people thought of me. Um, you know, especially in middle school, you don't want your friends making funny for trying to make funny videos on the internet. So yeah. but what I did, I was, <laughs> oh yeah. So I, what I started doing was just making a, I had a theme page. So basically I would make a theme account. It was called Epic. And I would basically just post like random clips, like dubstep bass drop music mixed with like a dunk, basketball dunk, or like some kind of highlight sports, hunting, whatever, like the most random stuff. Um, and eventually one of those videos went viral and, you know, I gained, uh, I think it had over a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand, uh, loops, which is basically just like views on um, how many times people have watched it over and over. And wow. I got a lot of followers from that. And over time, like I just, it just kept accumulating. And eventually I had over a hundred thousand followers on that single Vine account. And like, I, I didn't really know what that meant. You know, I didn't know anything about money, business, social media marketing, any of that stuff. You know, this is when I was 13, 14 years old by the time it was actually growing. Um, and then eventually like wow. some companies would reach out and they would pay me to, um, they'd pay me like 10 bucks a day to basically like reshare sort of like shout out for shout out, but we would rebind, like retweet, like rebind their ads and stuff like that. And between our pages, my friends and I sort of like a little network. And it was interesting to me, you know, looking back at it because most of the other kids that I was working with, you know, that also had the same amount of followers with theme accounts were like my age. Like it wasn't adults that were doing it. It was like kids my age that sort of just like figured out the algorithm or. You know, yeah. just by luck of consistency and putting out some kind of entertainment. Um, yeah. And I, I just remember, I don't want to get into too many details because that would take forever, but it's a really long story. But basically, um, you know, we ended up growing a bunch of Vine accounts, me, a couple of the random kids I met on there. And I was making maybe 10, 20 bucks a day. But like, that was amazing for me. You know, 14 years old in middle school, making 20 bucks a day. So you started creating great. multiple accounts to kind of scale it up. Wow. That's oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And this was still was around great. where you were 13. Yeah, this is so. By the time I was at the accounts, I was I was four like the whole year of Moving when I was fourteen years old. That's was awesome. just um, yeah, it was just like buying accounts, and then eventually, you know, that sort of it, it came to a weird end. Like basically, what happened is all the big buying accounts that had millions of followers. Like the most I ever had on an account was you know right above two hundred thousand, which is a lot, but you know a little compared to the huge people. But I saw the huge influencers were switching over to Instagram and trying to get all their audience over there. So I'm like. I guess maybe there's more money over there. There's, you know, whatever opportunity. Um, so I ended up getting rid of all the accounts. I remember hopping on a phone call with some random agency in uh, Florida that called me and wanted to buy my accounts. They paid me for like 300 bucks, something super small. I sold it. Like, I, I just didn't know anything about business and value. I'm, sh I'm sure I know for a fact I got screwed over so many times by these companies, ads and stuff like that, just because they, they knew I was young and I would do it for cheap or whatever. I'm sure they made a huge return. But anyways... Um, I ended up basically moving over to Instagram. I got a 500,000 follower account. Basically, I became a co-owner. The guy that owned it, I told him, I said, I own these Vine accounts. What can I do? You know, I'll help grow your account. And he ended up letting me co-own it, growing it from there. And basically, to keep things short, for the next two, three years, I was 15 there. Actually, about a year or two, was really just filled with growing Instagram accounts, growing themed accounts on Instagram. And I would make money by selling ads, um, you know, like ad space, shout outs. And, you know, it was decent money, whatever. Eventually got to a point where my business partner and I had a uh, DIY account with over 3 million followers. He was the main owner of it. And then I had my other accounts. Um, but like he was making, I think like 10 grand a month. He was 15 or 16. 
I was making maybe a couple thousand a month from some affiliate marketing stuff as well as selling ads on my account. Um, but wow. I, I, just, I just realized I was like, you know, I'm doing this, but I feel like I could be doing so much more. And I realized that these companies are consistently buying ads from our pages for a reason. They're obviously mm -hmm. making money off of us if they're continuously buying. Um, so then I was like, I was like, why don't we start, you know, our own e-commerce or why don't we make one? Why can't we do it? Um, yeah. and then my first, my first thought was like, Oh, I'm going to have to have a warehouse. I'm going to have to have employees. I'm going to have to have inventory. It's going to cost a bunch of money. I'm not old enough. You know, uh -huh. I told myself all these things that, you know, really could just stop me from starting my own online store. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, of course the question of what do I sell? How do I sell it? All these different things. And I don't remember exactly. I wish I knew, but somehow I stumbled across drop shipping and it was early 2017, about March, April, around the same time, actually. So about two years ago. And I remember I didn't know what to sell. And my business partner at the time who had the DIY account with 3 million followers, he sent me his products. He's like, I think it's a good product. And basically what it was, it was a um, bubble mask. Like a, uh, you put it on your face and it's supposed to like foam up and then you clean it off and it cleans your face. And oh, it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. Product. <laughs> and it was very marketable. Yeah, it was very marketable because it looks funny on all the ads that we we had and saw the product I ended up making <laughs> yeah I ended up making a one product store on Shopify it looked like trash and and I didn't know anything about Facebook ads or email marketing or whatever else and all I knew was some experience from influencer marketing by you know from selling shout outs on our own pages and eventually what had happened we had the store up and we would just post the ads on our own account we tried buying ad spots on some other pages and it wasn't really profitable and we didn't have the capital to do that um, so we we're just posting it on our own page with the 3 million followers. We posted over and over and over and we were making money. I was like, I made it. I'm, su I'm successful now. I'm never going to have to work because we hit like a first like thousand dollar day in revenue and there's no ad spend because it was our own page. And basically I just felt like wow. I was on top of the world and I was like, this is, this is crazy. It's so much easier than I thought. And yeah. then about two weeks later, it just died out completely. Other influencers started figuring out what dropshipping was. We started talking to too many people, telling them what we were doing, and they copy us. Mm -hmm. Well, as since we were just promoting it on our own page, it, the audience got saturated. You know, it's not like a new audience that gets populated all the time. It's the same audience seeing the ad over and over. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the month, it was about twenty thousand dollars in revenue, and which was crazy for us. We ended up buying inventory and then never even sold it all. Still to this day, there's inventory of this bubble mask stuff, probably a few hundred units, sitting in my parents' room. In my room, uh, uh, you moved into buying the. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so we ended up buying inventory and then didn't even get to sell it. And I'm just, if I would have known what I know now, all I, I would have made so much more money. Then it would have been crazy. Um, but then it took me seven months to reach my next success, um, just because of trial and error and all these things that were happening. I I didn't know what to do because that was really my only taste in it. And from there, I was just, I didn't know how to make money. We didn't have the Instagram account to use anymore. All this stuff happened. And what I did there is I started an um, entrepreneur club at my high school. So I just didn't know what to do. So I did that. My dad gave me the idea. I started it. I would bring in local business guests. I would go to local business events and network with people and ask them if they want to come speak. And I had a group of like five to 10 kids that would come in on a weekly basis um, to the conference room. I would make everybody wear little dress, dress suits. And we would just talk about business and stuff. And yeah. it was cool, but it was taking a lot of time. And I was realizing, you know, I'm doing all this stuff and I, like, I'm not even making money myself. I'm not even doing anything for myself. I'm just sort of coasting and I was wasting time. Mm -hmm. And then in October of 2017, um, I went to Miami for the first time. It was probably the best decision I ever made. I'm glad my parents let me do it because they're pretty strict on me traveling by myself. Um, 
and I met Hayden Bowles. I met uh, some of my friends, Brett Byrne, Kieran, JR Garage, all these people. And it really opened my eyes. It was my first time really leaving, you know, small city, small town in North Carolina um, um, and seeing like, all the opportunities out there, seeing all the sports cars, all the big buildings, all the success, all this stuff going on. It really just motivated me. And that's when I started my YouTube channel. And literally like a week later is when my, I had my first ever six figure store selling a gold rose. Um, you know, I, I saw, I'm sure you saw that YouTube video yeah. on my channel. The most viewed channel or most viewed video <laughs> on my channel. Yeah. Like how I made 20K in a day dropshipping at 20 years old. And I was like 18K in revenue, all influencer ads, by the way, using like a text post, like a relatable meme kind of thing. Um, yeah. But it was a very weird situation making that much money that fast. You know, we had issues as far as fulfilling all the orders, payment processes, all this stuff I ran into after having, you know, no results with dropshipping for seven months and then coming into, um, you know, that much success. It was sort of like, blindside to me, but I had learned from my failures and I was able to, you know, produce those results and it wasn't expected. Like even that video looking back at it is sort of, sort of weird to uh, look at. Cause I didn't know, like a lot of people thought it was fake. Cause I didn't like, I didn't know what to show people or what to talk about. Cause I was also, I was one of my first YouTube videos. So I didn't know really how to talk to the camera. Yeah, you're doing a really good job there. And actually, uh, because there's, there's two great stories, uh, what you touched on here, which is which is really awesome. But the jumping back to the to the first one, which was so on that trip to Miami, uh, meeting Hayden, like how did what's the story behind that? Yeah, so really, it was like we had a an Instagram. This probably sounds a little weird, not weird, but it's sort of um, it's a cool story. We had an Instagram DM group. Um, it was like me, Hayden, a few other, you know, entrepreneurs where we were like 15, 16, 17, doing different little stuff. And we would talk to each other and we all lived all around the country. And I remember um, like one time there was an event in San Diego and all these people were going, uh, Casey Adams, I'd known him then, he was in the group, and Caleb Maddox, Hayden Bowles, Kieran from VR Garage, all these people, they went there and I wasn't able to go. My parents wouldn't let me go. But at the same time, I, I didn't like, I didn't have enough money to go all the way there. I didn't have a place to stay and all this stuff. And I remember I was so bummed out. And um, then one time they were like, all right, we're going to Miami. And I have some family near Miami. So my parents le luckily let me go. And it was just awesome. a great experience. But I, I, I met Hayden and I was, he was doing some dropshipping stuff. He had already had a YouTube channel and he's the one who actually got me to start a YouTube channel. Um, yeah, so, yeah, because I remember catching that first one and like both of you guys are like on the balcony there. And I was just like, all right, yeah, this is so awesome. And you guys are just kicking it off at the time. Uh, yeah, that was actually my first time ever meeting him. I was there and he's like, yo, you want to record a video for my channel? So that video was actually first on his channel. And then he told me to start a channel. And I was like, can I just take your video that we made and put it on my channel for my first video? <laughs> that's what I did. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And then, you know, even leading into like your YouTube journey. It's so like, I mean, even, you know, fast forwarding that, that, you know, I saw like currently you have like over 80,000 uh, subscribers, which is, which is awesome. Um, and then you, you mentioned, uh, yeah, I, re I remember, you know, most YouTubers um, when they reflect on, you know, their YouTube journey, um, there's always like, you know, one or, you know, a few videos that, that really made a difference, like getting attraction out there. Would you say it, it was that one video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20,000 in the day. day. Yeah, yeah. yeah when I, story <laughs> so really what happened is like that, that store, like I said earlier in the, in the podcast, is it just blew up sort of by random. I was like, I'm just going to make a video about it. It seemed like something good to make a video about. Because um, at that time I was posting, pretty sure I was posting every day. 
I did it for a couple months. Um, but I made that video and I remember it was like, I didn't know what to talk about. Like you watch the video back. It's so weird. But, um, like I sort of, it was not really, really regret. cool. It even summarized the video. Cause like you, you even mentioned like how, you know, saw how that influencer marketing was, was working. Then you filled out the mm -hmm. day, but yeah, share, share the story, like that summary of, of the video. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched it in a while, but I think I pretty much just, I showed a screenshot, which is like anybody could fake a screenshot. And I was like, yeah, here's my sales. I did with influencer marketing. I, I don't and remember exactly. You, you were you were like you know because you, you were going to high school still, and then you were like you know watching it throughout the day, and it's like at the end of the high, you know, you know. Oh yeah, you're bringing back some memories actually. Now I remember just like it was it was actually the night before where it started blowing up, and I remember I was just like up there in my little office in my parents' house, and I remember uh -huh. like I bought like an ad for like a hundred bucks or something like that, and it was just getting so many sales. And it was like my phone was blowing up with the notifications. I remember going downstairs. I'm like, I'm like, Dad, I don't know what's going on, but I'm getting a ton of sales right now. I think my store is going viral. And he's like, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, he, I don't think he really knew what I meant because he didn't. Like my parents don't. They never really knew what I did. They, they, they never really understood it. Um, oh, that's great. And, and he's like, he's like, okay, he's like, okay, that's cool. And then I was like, <laughs> that's good, son. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, I'm already at a thousand dollars already, and it's it was like nighttime or evening or something like that. Uh -huh. and he's like, wow. And then the morning, I remember just being in class and just, you know, I went to a, uh, a public charter school where they sort of like discipline you a little bit more and it's a little bit more strict. So like the phones, having phones out in class is like a big no, no. But I remember I was just, I would sit in the back of the class and just like slide my phone out of my pocket to look at my sales. And sometimes I'd leave it on sometimes by accident and let people hear it. Uh -huh. Ding 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 ding! Uh, like it was back to back. Your it was, friends are listening you know. too. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, because the thing was, you have to think about it. It was eighteen thousand something dollars in revenue, but the product itself was, I think each each unit was sold for like fifteen dollars or ten dollars or something small like that. So it was so many actual sales. And yeah, I mean, I I could have made a much better video. I wish I I was in a better. I mean, I, I'm not going to wish I was in a better situation no, than as far as knowing how to yeah. talk to a camera because you live and learn. But. Yeah, but I mean, sharing that story. And I think, you know, when when it's too formal and professional, people, you know, sort of uh, tune out. And, uh, yeah. you know, that video was so real. And, and I think that's part of the reason why it blew up so big is that, you know, people relate to what's, what's you know, real. And you shared that story. And like, mm -hmm. you know, you know, yeah, I, I went back to, you know, to, to catch it to see was there and just like man that's like such an awesome feeling and just to experience that and you know you found something that hit and then all of a sudden I, I could just imagine you know I could have put myself in your place and imagine you know sitting in high school and all of a sudden all these sales are popping off uh, as you're you know going to you know each class which is like man that's just like a really awesome story. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was a crazy day it was honestly I was having to like I was hiring like some of my friends to fulfill orders for me because I didn't want to do it. And it was taking so long. And then my credit or my debit cards kept getting declined for the orders. Cause like my, my bank would only let me do 50 transactions a day, but this was like thousands of orders. So I had to fulfill all of them and I was having issues with that. And it was, oh, wow. it was a big mess. So I had to figure out all those logistics myself, which was very difficult. I mean, it was a great learning lesson though. Yeah. Yeah. Big learning. So was that like a turning point? And then all of a sudden things, you know, you started to, to learn and continue to run with it. And then, um, would you say that that was, like? Yes. A I would say it was a turning point 
mostly because it gave me uh, like, like some hope that there's so much more that you can achieve out there. Cause like, I was just a 16 year old kid in high school that I just made this product blow up on Instagram. So there's so many other people that have done it. There's so many other people doing it and it showed me like how many opportunities there actually are out there and what's possible at, at any age really. Um, so it really just opened my eyes a lot. Now that store only lasted, I think it hit up to like $130,000 then two, two and a half weeks. Um, and wow. then it sort of just died out, it just died out. Like the ads just became, they weren't profitable anymore. I didn't have any more influencers to use. I, use, I was using all themed influencers, by the way, there weren't any personal accounts. Uh, I wish I had touched into that. Um, yeah. and, and I didn't know a single thing about Facebook ads or anything. So I wasn't able to do retargeting. I wasn't able to do anything. Um, so after that died out, I was like, I want to find something that can actually make me money like consistently instead of just. Of course, there's a ton of money in two weeks, but I want to be able to do that, you know, all the time. Having, I'd rather have $1,000 a day than $10,000 in one day every month. Um, so then I started to learn Facebook ads a little bit. I started touching into it and it, it honestly took me a lot longer to learn Facebook ads than like the break I had between my first store and the successful six-figure store. It took yeah. a very long time. Yeah, because you had a lot of good, I mean, and in sharing your story, we, you know, I think, you know, now everybody can see uh, where that, you know, influencer marketing, you know, technique grew from, you know, like I mentioned in the beginning, I mean, I think it was a game changer, you know, and even the way you're, you know, wording your course, you know, next gen is just like a new way of thinking and you just applied it and it just kicked off. One of the things I wanted to to quickly take a step back to, because I think it's it'd be really good for the audience, is um, when you when you mentioned where it took you like that n- another seven months before you before you reached that that next uh, level of success. What what was your mindset in between to kind of like you know keep sticking with them? What were you doing like in terms of product testing and things like that? Yeah, I mean, a majority of the time was probably spent just of me sort of bummed out, but I didn't know what else to do. So I just kept pushing for it. Um, like I said, yeah. I had the entrepreneur club, but I realized pretty quick that, you know, that's sort of just like I was doing it just to coast. Like it was great for networking and like getting my name out there for the, as far as the local business area here in North Carolina, I made a lot of great connections with investors and stuff like that. Um, but like I, I still had, you know, the passion for dropshipping and just selling things online. Um, and I wanted to do it and you know, I was watching some other people's YouTube videos There weren't a ton out there to learn from um, and Like I didn't have a ton of money to invest in the different things I was scared to pay people to mentor me Because um, I didn't know you know, is he actually gonna help me? Is he not gonna help me? Whatever um, And I was really just trying to learn by myself through trial and error and like a lot of that time like honestly was just spent uh, Like I, I was just looking down on myself. I was like, I don't know what to do I want to do this, but I don't know how to, how, how to make it work. Uh-huh. Um, so trying new things over and over and over. And I was still making a little bit of income from the Instagram account. Um, Instagram accounts, I, we still had, we'd make some money from those. Like I was making a little bit of money, but it wasn't enough to yeah. fully fund what I wanted to do. So once I had that small X amount of money, I invested into the gold rose ads and it started becoming profitable. Like I would just use all the, all the customers that bought it through PayPal. I would just reinvest that money and send that PayPal money to influencers to pay for the ads. Um, mm-hmm. I'd spend like $30,000 $30, in ads to influencers within a week, um, just sending it out like that. Luckily my PayPal never got on hold. Well, it actually, it did end up getting on hold for, for uh, 180 days, which was a bummer. What was the reason for that? Um, PayPal just, they don't like dropshippers, especially with that low ticket stuff. People make 
a chargeback and like, <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what the actual indicators are PayPal uses, but I don't know. There was like five people that wanted a refund and then they put up my stuff on hold. They asked for all your documents and I felt sort of bad during all this stuff because um, it, my Shopify payments were on hold too, because it was like, when you do such a large amount and so quick, like they want to proof of your company and all this stuff. And I wasn't, I was only 16. So I had to get my dad involved for all this stuff. And I felt bad. He's having to put his, all of his information on all my stores and PayPal and stuff like that. But I'm glad he helped me out with that. Yeah. Yeah. And actually you, you brought up a good point because I didn't get a chance to share this with you. Like, I mean, I've been in the industry for uh, the tech industry for about 20 years, you know, since the dot-com boom. And mm-hmm. uh, I've done a lot, you know, I have a, a tech company, stuff like that, but also, you know, proven out that all forms of online business, you know, works and especially even drop shipping. And it was funny when I did that episode with, with Scott, I had him rolling because I said, you know, I go, you know, way back before there was even the Shopify, like I had the program, <laughs> my own e-commerce site and automated the whole process. I was drop shipping cigars before there was even like legal regulations about sales of tobacco wow. products over the internet. You know, that's how, you know, this was like the beginning of uh, e-commerce, but it was like really cool and proved that it works. But there's a longer story behind that, how it got shut down. But <laughs> the funny thing is, is that, you know, now fast forward to today, like I have a son that's a freshman in high school and an eighth grader, and I've been getting them into, you know, the you know, drop shipping business too. And actually, you know, I tell others, I'm like, you know, treat it like a family business. So I have my, you know, my wife, my boys, and, you know, we're sitting around the dinner table and we're, and they each have their own venture and we're all talking about, you know, product sales that are popping off. And it's just like a really cool thing about it. Um, when I mentioned that uh, I was going to be uh, talking to you today on the show, so, you know, they were excited because them and, and their friends, high school friends, you know, they're following me and then, of course, they're following you. So they had a couple of questions. One, they wanted to know uh, what your motivation was. And then two, what you were touching on, which was, you know, if you're under 18, how can they do drop shipping? Well, first off, that's like goals. Having a family with the kids that's into business too, and they have all the questions and stuff. I love that so much. My <laughs> sister, I try to get her, my, I have a younger sister who's 13 or 14. Um, and I try to get her into some stuff or I would ask her, I was like, hey, if you pack these orders for me, when I do some in-house stuff, I was like, I'll pay you 20 bucks an hour. And like, she would never do it. So I guess we'll find out when she turns 16, she's going to need money. But anyway, <laughs> to answer the, uh, the first question, what was my motivation? I'll say at first, my, my main motivation is when I first started getting into stuff and like understanding a little bit more about business and money and stuff like that was just like the material, like being honest, it was just the materialistic things. I saw, I would meet local business. I got, when I had the entrepreneur club and I would bring in guests, there was one of them that had a Ferrari and uh, you know, the big house and watches or whatever else. Like I was driven towards all that stuff of, you know, I want to have a fancy car. I want to have a big house. I want to, you know, all that stuff that when you're a little kid, you, you see it and you, like you, you're just attracted to it visually. Um, Even just like, psychologically you think of those things and you want them and yeah. um even adult kids like, are attracted to it too <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and then what i what i realized is like when i would first start making money i started spending all my money trying to fit in to be you know cool because like when i first started making money in middle school um i was spending my money just trying to be like like the cool kids so like i didn't have that many friends i wasn't really fitting in you know i wasn't like i wasn't like a full like outcast like uh, you know i still get along with people but i just I never really clicked with anybody like fully. Like I, most people I wouldn't hang out with outside of the school just because I, I didn't want to. 
Um, I didn't feel like I, I knew them or trusted them. And like, I would spend my money. I remember like PlayStation, buying all the video games so I could play with them. And I remember like the stuff, I, it never did anything for me. And the same thing happened as I started making more and more money. I started buying bigger and bigger toys. And, and then you sort of realize like eventually the motivation for those things is going to run out. You have to figure out something that's actually going to motivate me. Like now the things that motivate me most are things that have like an emotional attachment to them. Like one of my biggest goals is to have my students generate over $10 million in sales this year. So like that's something that's like emotionally, like $10 million can be seen as like a materialistic, whatever, but like it's something that's helping other people succeed and helping them grow. And it can be like the same thing. I can, I can attach to that to a Ferrari. If I want a Ferrari, I can attach to, you know, I want to get it for what reason? Maybe I want to be able to do, you know, rallies where I take, you know, kids with disabilities on rides or, you know, whatever else, like just attaching some kind of an emotional aspect has been able to drive me a lot more to do things. And now I don't really care as much of, you know, when am I going to be able to buy my next car? When am I going to be able to buy my own house? You know, all that stuff. Like I'm just more driven towards, um, things that affect people. No, that's really great. And, uh, and I actually want to, to dive into, you know, what's the, the story, what was the story behind deciding to teach others? So now when you, you, you found out that it's working for you, uh, what was the story behind deciding to teach others about it? Yeah. So for me, it was really, when I met Hayden, he was telling me about, he had a YouTube channel and he had a course he was selling it, he's making money. I was like, that's pretty cool, whatever. And I was like, I'm going to make a YouTube channel. You know, he told me to, he said it would be good. And I remember I was excited. I was doing it, posting every day. Um, and I just enjoyed seeing the feedback of the satisfaction of having other people view my videos and comment. Wow, Tanner, you know, this actually helped me. This is something that's, you know, this helped me with this or whatever, this and that, um, yeah. you know, that, that, that was like a positive impact for me. Yeah. And I, remember I just kept doing it. Yeah. yeah. I was hooked. I was hooked on it. And then I remember one day my, I was, I had bad grades and my parents would discipline me by like taking my phone or whatever. And I remember they took my phone, my computer, my camera, and I lost like a three month streak of posting every day. And I was so upset oh. and I, I lost my momentum. But what really got me into teaching other people was, I don't know, I just en- enjoyed the fulfillment of helping other people. Um, but I, what I look back on now and realize and sort of, you know, have learned a lesson from is like when I first I made my first course um, in 2018, early 2018, and it's called Zero to 1,000. And I showed sort of just like a case study of building a store from zero to $1,000 a day um, with influencers. And like I, I did that, but I was so focused more on making money from it than helping other people. And that quickly turned myself upside down with, um, you know, people didn't like it. Uh, like people can tell when you're doing something for the wrong reasons. And being 16 and making, money like like trying to just make as much money as possible when i had the audience like people could tell and um you know i learned from that like that was just something i had to realize is that if, if i'm gonna do something like this personal branding and helping other people with youtube and stuff like that you know of course i'm gonna find ways to make money and do things like that because you know, i'm a business person i want to make money from everything i do and if and i also value my time but i also need to i want to help other people and yeah so that's what i had to realize is that you know if i do yeah. want to do money from it and make a business from it the business is going to be helping other people, not just receiving. Yeah. Yeah. Like making sure that you're delivering more value than, than the dollars that they're, that they're paying out for you. Um, Oh yeah. Which is, which is good, man, man, those are great lessons learned uh, through there too. And, uh, and actually I remember, you know, when you mentioned about that three month momentum loss, because I remember 
catching that when you and Scott Hilsey did that uh, Instagram live, which I thought was like really cool. Uh, you guys connecting and, and doing that, oh, yeah. uh, that was Instagram awesome. live. Uh, maybe share the story behind that, like connecting with Scott and then talking about the stuff you guys are talking about was really cool. So yeah, maybe share a little bit about that. Yeah. So Scott, I had just, I think I, I ran across one of his videos on YouTube and I was like, wow, this kid, like, I had no idea who he was. I was like, this kid is, um, this kid's, uh, he's getting a lot of views for how many subscribers he has. Like, maybe he's doing something right. I watched one of his videos. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and then, you know, I didn't really think anything of it, whatever. And then I got contacted by Oberlo, the OG fulfillment app and product import service that people use for dropshipping. You know, Shopify owns it now. Um, but anyways, yeah. they contacted me and I was on a call with them because they wanted to do some type of collaboration on their channel and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And then they awesome. told me about Scott Hilsey. They're like, yeah, we had Scott. He flew out here. We flew him out here and he made videos for us and stuff like that. I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, I don't really know too much about him, but he seems like a cool guy. And then yeah. I ended up like, I think I sent him, I responded to one of his, I followed him on Instagram. I responded to one of his stories one time and then we just chatted a little bit. And he's like, he told me a little bit about his story. I was like, that's pretty cool. And he's like, yeah, I used to watch your videos. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And, <laughs> and then and then I just had the random idea because he was, he was on a live, that's what it was. He was on an Instagram live stream and I went on there and commented and he noticed me and said, you know, whatever. And then I DM'd him and I was like, oh, let's, let's do a live stream. I never called him on the phone or anything. And we just, the next week, whatever it was, we went on the live stream. That was my first time ever talking to him. I mean, we just had a good time sort of like talking about our stories. Um, sort yeah. of what we've been through yeah, and you, you guys shared the you know the same stories and this you know this is the really cool thing about it which is really awesome because you guys reach i mean you know scott when he shared his story he was like he was like you know brian literally a little over a year ago i was uber driving and before that i was a busser and now you know he has multiple six-figure you know drop shipping sites and then you know making over a million through his course and stuff and i was like you know man this is so and then and he himself being transparent and real about it and and you've been you know you've done the same and you know and even changing the landscape with the you know influencer marketing and to see you guys connect and then share your own stories because you guys were talking about you know dealing with that uh level of success you know the people the haters the weirdos <laughs> all that kind of yeah. stuff that you guys were sharing which was just like really cool yeah and i think that's good to you know us being transparent as possible to each other not only to each other but you know the audience the audience recognizes that they respect you for it and it just gives a better perception of you like scott you know his journey of you know he was an uber driver and cleaning tables at restaurants and stuff like that. Like, I don't have a crazy, like I would never try and flex like a rags to riches story. I'm like, for me, I'm, I never grew up broke. I was born into a, you know, average normal middle-class family into a, you know, normal neighborhood with a bunch of houses all crammed up next to each other. That's one of my motivating factors, by the way, that I never want to ever live in a neighborhood like that again, or have my parents live in one of those. Like I've make sure I got them taken care of, but um, like I was just born into a normal family and my parents, you know, I always grew up on, you know, going to the grocery store. My parents, all right, we're not getting this unless it has a coupon for buying going free or, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> and if I wanted to buy something, if I wanted to buy a toy or food, whatever, you know, I would have to pay for it. They say, all right, you want to buy it? You have to figure out a way to pay for it. And so they, I'm glad they taught me that. You know, I'm sure they could have bought me if I want a $10 toy. They could have bought it for me, but they didn't. And I'm glad they did that because they taught me that if I want something, I have to work for it instead of just expecting, you know, for me to expect everything I want, I'm just going to get it, you know, automatically. It's not like that. And, you know, a lot of things have changed since then. 
and and, yeah. and you get and you get uh, you know other people that see you know the level of success that you have and and then they assume that you know oh well it's because his parents are rich and he's like you know with these cars but uh, <laughs> want to speak to that like what's the yeah um, <laughs> I, find, I find it I find it interesting you know I think Scott and I actually talked about this on the live stream we did um, but it's more of he had a I remember he had an interesting perspective on it but it's more of just people that have because like I, I could never say sometimes I, even myself, you know, everybody, everybody has false pretenses. They think of someone when they first see them, or they first hear about them. Mm-hmm. They think, oh, he's cool or he's weird or his parents gave him all his money or whatever. You know, that's just like how our mind is. I feel like most people just we have pretenses of people until we know who they actually are. Or talk to them. And I feel like I, I would never if I if I thought someone had a rich, rich dad and he, the kids flexing cars and whatever else. You know, I would never feel so insecure to message someone and say, wow, you know, F you, you got daddy's money. You know, I would never say something. I just don't understand how some people do it. Um, I don't know if it's insecurities or they just want to feel like they're in charge or they just want to put you down. You know, I don't know the real reasons why people do it. But the biggest thing I've learned, I used to respond to all the hate. Um, you know, I would comment back and try and get back at them or try and, you know, try and justify, you know, whatever they had said or, you know, expected about me is now I just like, I go into it with a positive, positive outlook all the time. Someone says, you got daddy's money. I would say something, you know, like, nah, I, you know, I don't, I've actually worked for everything I have, but I appreciate your, your thoughts or whatever. You know, I just, I, <laughs> instead of like going back at them and fighting back and arguing, you know, I just give like a simplistic, logical answer to whatever they have to say and a good response. If someone says, F you, I'm going to say, I don't know why you think that way of me, but hopefully you can figure out your situation and become better. You know, I, I just try to yeah. keep things positive. And what I've seen that do to people whenever they respond to the hate like that is just they, they don't, they get frozen. They don't know what to say because, you know, they expected you to get mad or sad or respond back and they want to just keep, you know, fueling the fire. But it sort of puts it out by just, you know, being positive and wishing them the best. That's sort of what I do now. I think that's a great approach. And then kind of like a tough lesson learned, but, you know, along the way with the success, you know, you're, have these new experiences and then you know oh, yeah. learning from it is that. difficult yeah and the way yeah, you guys have been handling it has been has been awesome you guys are doing the right thing and yeah the thing you can do is just to kind of stay true to yourself and be as real as you can and yeah not even waste uh you, you know your energy in that space which which is cool mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. No, you, you guys have been doing the right thing interesting because um like i i don't scott looks that scott i think scott's older than me but like he looks older older than me. Like I still look like I could be 15 or 16. I'm 18 years old now, but still everywhere I go, I get snarky comments about the car when I go to gas stations, stuff like that. (laughs) I went to a gas station and this lady comes up and she's like, she's like, wow, your dad must really love you, huh? And I was like, I was like, yep, he does love me, but I bought this myself. Uh, (laughs) It's just always something. And I mean, I, I just learned to deal with it. Like for yeah. me, it doesn't affect me at all anymore. I find it entertaining. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. Man. Yeah. You've been dealing with it, you know, very well. That's great. You know, another thing uh, that I wanted to touch on that I noticed that I saw that you're deciding to work out now and having the whole grinding it out oh, mindset. Yeah. You want to uh, talk a little bit about that? Oh yeah. I'm glad I got back into that. When I was, when I was uh, like 13, so my dad, by the way, I, I don't think, I've never really, I don't think I've posted anything with my dad much, um, but my dad's very, like, he's worked out pretty much every day of his life for like 30 years. 
He's oh, wow. very, he's very, he's not as lean as he used to be, but he's very, you know, uh, he's big and bulky. Like strong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big buff cool. guy. Like, I remember <laughs> I used to come visit me at school and all the, all my friends would be like, wow, he looks like a wrestler. Cause like that's during like WWE. We're all watching that stuff. I thought he's a wrestler, but he said he used to take me to the gym. We, I would go with him like every, every day, every other day. And he sort of got me into lifting and stuff like that when I was 13, 14. And got me into like decent shape. I actually, I actually did make it onto one sports team in middle school, which was wrestling, because nobody gets cut on that team. Um, oh, but okay. I, I, uh, I got into shape from that. You know, all the cardio and working out, and then lifting. And, like it got yeah. me into fitness a lot, and I was really into it. And then once I started making money, I sort of just got distracted. I stopped going to the gym. Um, I didn't have my license, so I couldn't go myself. And then my dad wasn't taking me. Um, and then. You know, it's sort of off and on. I've always liked lifting weights sometimes more than others. More it's just if I build a habit for like a week, I'll, I'll do it for months until something happens and I can't go anymore. Um, basically, what happened was I about, uh, what was it, like October of last year, I was just in like terrible shape. I weighed like 210 pounds and I was like very, very overweight for what I was. And I just felt so sick all the time. I was just always eating junk. I wasn't working out and I wasn't even making that much money. I wasn't really working like I was just energy, doing nothing. Energy level. What was the energy level like at that time? True. Low. Right? Negative. Negative. <laughs> Negative energy. Yeah. Like, and I was like, I was like, something's got to change. And then my grandfather died, like right around that same time, which was like a, another emotional factor that sort of caused me. I'm like, no. Yeah. Oh man. You know, we only we only have one life, and you have to live it. Um, yeah. You know, me living how I was living then, like not making much money, not really doing anything, just wanting to sleep, eat, watch YouTube videos, movies, whatever. Um, just wasting time. And I was like, what am I doing? So I wrote down what my goals were, what I wanted to be at, what I wanted to do. And I just went strict. Like some people, they, when they go into a diet, they just like, oh, I'm going to cut out some sugar. I'm going to cut out some carbs. I went all in. I was tracking all my macros, the chicken, the broccoli, no salt, no seasoning, no sauce, none of that stuff. And um, I ended up losing almost 40 pounds over the course of three months. And um, it was really great for me. So I went down to from 210 to about uh, 170 something. And now I'm, I'm hovering right now at about 180, 185. Um, so I'm not as strict as I was anymore. I'm just trying to really, you know, I don't really care about the weight as much anymore. I just want to cut down my body fat. Um, but anyways, at three months, like I didn't really post on social media that much, not even YouTube that much, like nothing. Um, just because like I didn't feel comfortable sharing my position and where I was at. So I decided I'm just going to wait till I'm at this specific point where I'm comfortable and I feel like I'm doing well. And then I'm going to share where I'm at so people can see, you know, that, business and making money like not all of it's glamour now i'm still young i'm sure i'm gonna go through a lot more difficult hardships you know throughout the course of my life um but that was like one of those trial trial things i had to go through you know dealing with the uncomfortability of my weight not making money and realizing that something has to change and i just went basically all in and um did a lot of stuff so for like three months i didn't post on instagram or nothing really um and then i came back and i wrote that caption in the post to sort of tell people, you know, how it really is. No, that's great stuff, man. And, and, you know, learning from them, making the transition and, you know, that that's great stuff. And I think it's, uh, you know, great information for the audience too, to, you know, to learn from that and just to kind of find there's so many reasons, you know, you know, one, you know, if you're grinding out for business, but then also keeping your health and your mindset, right. So important. So, I mean, that's, that's great stuff right there for sure. 
Yeah, good job with that. Yeah, I appreciate um, it. So one of the things, you know, let's let's actually talk about, you know, for the audience, uh, you know, some some drop shipping uh, core strategies here. Uh, one of the things, so like, what type of drop shipping do you focus on now? So I know, you know, some people uh, take like a general store approach or a niche store or like, you know, Scott does like the one product store. Um, you know, what's what's your like uh, approach to drop shipping? Yeah, so right now for me, what I've been focusing on mostly is I sort of test with both, um, but now more of my stuff is focused on general stores uh, because you can just upsell and downsell and cross-sell so many different things and it's the best platform to test products. Now, um, I love Scott and all, but I don't like the whole one product thing from the start. Um, I think it can do very well, um, but for people that don't have experience of finding products and knowing the indicators of whether something's going to be successful or not. Um, you know, if they're making a, I've had so many people make a whole one product store, Instagram, they brand out all this stuff for a product that they test it and it makes no sales and they just spent all that time and effort and they yeah, have to scratch cool. all of it and they do it over and over and over again for every single product. And it takes so much effort. The um, time so and effort to do that, to get yeah. to that. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I hear found you. Work better for me is just creating like a general store and testing products on there. And if something does like extremely well, I'll branch it off to a, like a separate store. Um, but even the things you could do, you can just, if you create a, an awesome product page for that single product, it's going to look well, it's going to look amazing. You can upsell similar products. Like you can make it do bundles and stuff like that. You can make it basically like a one product store, all the functions of that, but it's on a general store. And now like most people aren't going to click off that product page if they don't, they're not interested in something else. Like we make sure all of our stores look professional and trustworthy. Um, yeah. But, but we just try to keep everything branched out. That's awesome. No, no, great tip for sure. And then in, in working with the general store, um, you know, as far as the uh, advertising goes, um, so are you, are you still sticking with influencer marketing or now Facebook ads? Uh, or both? All, How, uh, all my stuff is um, Facebook ads. Yeah. Uh, I, I sort of cut out what I did for myself to help myself learn Facebook ads. Cause I was having a lot of troubles with Facebook. I didn't know what to do. I was spending money. Um, so what I did was I told myself no more Instagram influencers until I know Facebook ads and can perform <laughs> the ads profitably. Um, so it was like, I'm cutting off this something that I'm so familiar with and comfortable with to yeah. do something that I have no idea what I'm doing just so I can learn it and force myself. And I did that. And then I fell in love with Facebook ads. And now that's like my main focus. I really don't mess with influencers that much anymore at all. If I do, it's going to be with a personal influencer because it's more effective. And um, you know, I, if I have something that works and I see some consistency with Facebook consistency, um, then I'll, I know I can make it blow up with influencers. Uh, I sort of miss the influencer space, but I'm glad. You know, I'm still learning Facebook guys. It's always changing. There's always new stuff to learn. Um, that's sort of what I've been doing a lot with my business partner, Ariel, right now. Is just We're just testing all these new different strategies with CBO campaigns and, you know, testing with different countries and states and stuff like that, basically just separating all the data. Um, like when I used to test products, I would just test, you know, show the location of worldwide and then exclude like third world countries and stuff like that. Um, but now we're separating every country. We do just the United States. We start off with, we'll do UK, we'll do Canada because we want to separate everything and see which data is working best and why it's spending. Cause for me, how I see Facebook ads is really just um, understanding the data you can look at the data and understand what it means. Like if you know why you're doing something, why it's going to work and why it's not going to work, you're going to have a lot more success rate and minimize your risk. A lot of people go in sort of like blindsided. They hear one strategy on YouTube and think that's the perfect one and try it and don't see results. And then they give up or they keep trying the same exact thing over and over, which is like 
Uh, I think Einstein said at one time, like insanity, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. You know, yeah. If you want to have a different result, you're going to have to try new things. So that's what we've been doing. Been losing some money here and there. We'll make some money. And, but once we find something that, that really works, we're going to be able to branch it off and sort of have like the next big thing that all the dropshippers are trying to use. Yeah. So, Trial yeah. and error. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, that's the key thing, which is, you know, the, the product testing and, and things like that. And uh, two points that I wanted to touch on. One was like the, the CBO. But before we talk about that, taking a, a step back. So if, if in working with a general, you know, dropshipping store, the type of ads that that you're producing. So are you, are you actually going to the extent of creating ads for every product? Yeah. So as far as the advert ads go, um, like my business partner, Ariel, before we became business partners, he was actually a video editor for YouTubers. So oh, I was a big no. plus to having him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For actually creating our ads, you know, he has access to all the copyright free music and he knows all these de- different editing techniques and how to keep the audience retention up and all these different little tips and tricks that we've been able to incorporate into our own ads. So like being honest, like I used to, when I first started doing it, I would just rip somebody else's ad. I don't care if it had their logo on or whatever, I would just steal it. But now we've become more productive and seeing that, you know, if you want to actually stand out and be successful in 2019, you're going to have to, you're actually going to have to put in a lot of effort and work. It's not, it's not like, I wouldn't say easy, but it's not as simple as it used to be um, to make money. Like now they have to put in a lot of effort. Like our ads, we'll get videos from the suppliers. We'll ask them to film like certain shots for us. If it's a product that we don't have, um, we'll, we'll bring our, our, in our own and film it. We'll find clips of customers have taken and sort of piece them together. And yeah, we really just make use of our resources. I see a lot of people don't utilize all the free resources out there. Yeah. Um, You know, not just in making ads, but anything, just learning. There's so much free stuff out there you can learn from that I don't see why you wouldn't take advantage of it. Yeah, for sure. No, that's a great point to uh, to mention there. And then leading uh, into like the CBO campaigns. So I, I, I did catch on like, you know, you started talking about it already on, on YouTube and uh, you know, it's, it's the changes that are, that are going in, into effect in the Facebook advertising for the audience. Can you speak, speak more about that CBO? Yeah. So it's interesting. I really, I know it's been on Facebook. I hadn't tried it until recently about a couple months ago because Facebook started pushing out a little bit more on some different ad accounts because it apparently it's supposed to go mandatory in fall of this year. Um, yeah. So if it's going to be mandatory, then you know we have to figure Better out now. what works now. <laughs> yeah, we have to figure out what works now, why it works, um, and go from there. And it's it's pretty interesting. We've tried so many different things, but we haven't found something that works consistently over and over for like a strategy that works over and over for all of our products. Like sometimes something will work. Like one of the first things we tried was in our cold. Let's say we're cold testing a product. And in the campaign, if we have a single ad set that's doing well consistently, what we did was just we duplicated that specific ad set into a CBO campaign with five duplicates. So five of the same exact ad sets in one CBO campaign at $100 a day. We tried a few different budgets and $100 a day was the most effective. And it's sort of weird, though, because it's like it's duplicates of all the same assets. It was just like a weird theory idea that we had. And it ended up working. It was profitable. Um, but some of the stuff like one of the campaigns it was profitable, but it only lasted for like three days. And then it just like it stopped making any sales. It was spending, but no results at all. So like Facebook, Facebook's algorithm is sort of confusing. Like I don't really, I don't understand the full depth of it, but all the CBO stuff has really just been trial and error. I don't want to be talking about a bunch of different strategies for everybody to be trying because I, I don't want to say something <laughs> that works and it doesn't work for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different things you can try. 
yeah, like right now, would you say it's kind of like new frontier, you know, new stuff that you're working out and, you know, others are, are mm-hmm. doing it as well. And, but it, it's kind of, you know, for those that are at least keeping a, an awareness of it and before it is mandatory, you know, you know, get your, you know, advertising uh, campaign going right, you know, learn it, you know, this is probably a, would you say it's a good yeah. time to be doing that right now? Oh yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to take some hits and share with other people so that other people, my audience and whoever else doesn't have to take the hits and lose <laughs> a bunch of money. Um, I'm, I'm using some capital. We've been spending a lot of money on ads, just trying out different things. Um, because once we find something that works consistently, we implement it on all, all our stuff, share it to my students. They make money off of it. And it's a great experience. And when it, once it becomes mandatory, um, then we're going to be able to you know, have an advantage on the people that haven't been preparing for it. Um, it's really just about preparing for you know, what's going to happen because once it's mandatory, if you don't understand it and you don't know how to set it up or you don't know what's going to work best, then you're going to have some issues. Um, yeah. But it's definitely interesting. No, great stuff. Yeah, yeah. thanks for mentioning that. And even just to, to touch on, even though, like you said, you haven't been focusing on the influencer marketing, you know, I, I hear a lot of people, you know, just saying that, you know, that technique is dead. Like, would you describe it as... You know, it's dead or it's just... Uh... Uh, I, would, I would never say any of this type of marketing will ever be dead because there's always going to be someone, some person that wants to buy some product on some platform. There's always going to be the ability to make money on the platform. I mean, the technique itself is... There's no way it can be dead. I, like, I've, I've sort of been out of the influencer space for a little bit now, but I know I can go back in with the same strategies and come out of it. I see this a lot of people with the influencers. Is the, thing, the issue that I've had with influencers when I was doing it heavily with the themed influencers is that no, they knew what dropshipping was. They figured out what it was and what we're doing. And they would, if we were buying ads for them, buying ads from their, them uh, for more than a couple of times, then they're going to add the product to their store. They're going to copy our exact ad and they're going to run ads to their own store with it and not sell ads to us. <laughs> like, they would just try and take advantage of you with that. And then you wouldn't have that audience to utilize. It was profitable for, maybe it was profitable for me, but then they took advantage of me. Like some people yeah. were cool about it. I would, I would actually write contracts with them saying they couldn't post any other any other person's um, oh, ad that had this yeah, like a non-compete, right? Yeah, that's a good point. That's, that's what I did with that's what I did with the Gold Rose, the first six-figure store was because I knew I saw over those seven months of trial and error, I saw people would steal products that were being tested. That's what I see with the influencer spaces. So many people try and stick to one single product they see. If they see a couple ads on a few pages, then everybody flocks to it instead of trying to be a little bit different. And that's why what I, I did those contracts with the influencers. I was like, for the next, you know, if I buy an ad from you every day, then you're not able to post any other ad that's related or specifically my product that I'm selling on this ad, even you. And yeah. a, lot of, a lot of them complied with it and that, that worked to my advantage just because my Smart. incentive towards yeah. that if you, don't, if you don't post anybody else's ad with the same product, then I'm gonna buy ads from you every single day. So you don't have to sell to them. So it's gonna be beneficial for both of us. And that was, that was a big advantage that I used to my myself that's awesome man yeah great great point there and uh yeah thanks for bringing that up too man you dropped a lot of great uh information here a lot of great tips but i want to give you like you know some exposure for the latest stuff that that you've been working on so i know you do have the next gen ecom course and that's why i said next gen which is uh cool you want to talk a little bit about that yeah yeah. so next generation e-commerce um my dad actually came up with that name I, I knew I was making a new course and I was going to make it amazing. And I, I had a bunch of different names and I had a whole list and I had something next gen and my dad's like, why don't you do next gen e And I thought about it for a while and 
luckily my, my dad's pretty creative. I feel like I get a, I get a creative sense from him a little bit. Um, but he came up with that name and I was like, that's amazing. That's perfect. Yeah. And, um, anyways, what I had done was last year, last summer, I knew I wanted to do it. Um, I had the resource of a warehouse, um, that one of my, my buddy who owns a business was leasing the warehouse. And then I ended up becoming friends, um, with the owner of the, the warehouse and he allowed me to come in there. You know, I had my own garage door and code and stuff and bring the car in there and film in there. I was like, this is going to be amazing. And I knew I just wanted to make it like different. Like, I, didn't, I didn't just want to make a course about myself and making a bunch of different videos. Um, you know, of course I'm featured in like a majority of the videos, but what I wanted to do is, you know, share, cause I'm not, I'm not ever going to say I'm the best at um, every aspect of e-commerce or online marketing or anything like that. So what I decided I want to do is, you know, I have this network of other young entrepreneurs my age that are, you know, they have expertise in email marketing, Facebook ads, um, you know, some other back end stuff, chat bots, whatever it is. Yeah. And so I decided that, you know, why don't I have them come in and, you know, I'm not going to, you know, what, what I, my mindset is that if I have friends that have a business, I'm going to support them. I'm not going to ask if you owned a, you know, a business where you sell laptops, I'm not going to ask you, yo, Brian, can I get a laptop for 50% off since we're friends? No, I'm going to pay you full <laughs> price because we're friends and I want to support you and your business. So I offered money to these people. I said, all right, you know, I'm going to fly you here to North. Nobody wants to come to North Carolina, by the way, everybody's thought it'd be so boring. Um, I was like, I was like, look, I'll pay for your flight, your hotel, and I'll pay you X amount to, you know, make these videos with me. We'll plan the videos. It'll be awesome. We'll collab, stuff like that. I think it'll be great. As well as, you know, you being in my program is going to be a credibility boost uh, for yourself. You know, people see that they can come to you for more additional help if they need it. Yeah. Um, and it, it ended up working out very well. You know, I've had Hayden I actually flew him out and put videos in there with him. Noah Brewer from uh, part of my Facebook ads team. He has his own agency. Dennis White works with Noah, my friend PB, does all the email marketing. Uh, Matt Faber does like some chat bots and stuff like that. Interesting marketing tactics. But you know, my end goal with this is just to continue to grow like this whole built out. Like it's to me, it's in its very beginning stages. Right, right now it's just an online course, but I want it to build it, I want to build it as something way bigger. You know, my end goal is to have like locations around, you know, the country and eventually the world where I have people that, you know, students that I help make, you know, large amounts of money and then sort of put them in charge of these locations to run as a business. Um, sort of like changing the education system. Um, like I'm a senior in high school right now. I've technically, technically finished school, but I haven't graduated yet. But my senior project, I wrote a 15 page paper on my opinions on the education system and what I would do to change it. And like, I want to, I want to introduce, you know, more, um, you know, awesome. financial sensibility and business. Interested and stuff in like that that too. <laughs> oh yeah. And like, I, that's just one of my end goals is to have like actual education centers around the country for, you know, young, aspiring entrepreneurs. That's like uh, my Facebook group. I don't know if you've heard it, Ascent Up and Coming Entrepreneurs. Um, that that yeah. was the name of my entrepreneur club that I started. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then I made it to Facebook group. And now, you know, that was like my end goal to build that up. But I want next generation e-commerce to be something like that. Like right now, it's just like a drop shipping course. Um, you know, I want to continue to build that out. But I want it to be like an entire e-learning space because I feel like children, not children, just like kids in general or younger people, or even adults, they learn better like now growing up since they're so used to and attracted to watching YouTube videos for entertainment all the time is that if they can learn by like guided videos, they're going to enjoy that a lot more than sitting in a classroom, not, you know, not enjoying the teacher writing on a whiteboard and getting distracted by all their friends around them, you know, messing around or whatever. You know, I want yeah. like-minded people to be around each other and to support each other and help them learn different things. You know, whether it's video editing, Facebook ads, you know, I don't care. I just want to be able to teach people do different things. 
and you know have different people like I have with my course now with dropshipping. I have people for email marketing, Facebook ads, stuff like that. But I want to be you know related to you know skill sets because I know Elon Musk just talked recently. He's like, you know, what's more valuable right now in 2019 for people is you know skill sets. You know a lot more than just degrees. Um, I think it's very true. Yeah, you can't very. just have a degree and be successful. You know, even if you do have a degree, you're gonna have to have some kind of skill sets in order to you know get a job and um, you know become successful within that job. You know, I have nothing against people that work jobs and go to college and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's not for me personally, but I think if you have something you want to do specifically, you want to be a doctor, then yeah, you know, you're gonna have to go to school and go to college and learn to you know those skill sets to be a doctor. Um, but yeah. what I what I don't like is how like majority of people go to college just because you know, that's the normal for them. Their family wants them to go, they get into debt and they're going, they don't know what they even want to do or study. So they're, they're in business school, marketing school, and they're really not, they're learning, they're paying so much money um, to learn things that you could just experience. If you were going to business school in college, I would just say, you know, just start a business. That's going to be able to learn, help you learn a lot better. I think experience is always going to be a lot um, better for people than just learning things. Yeah. Yeah. No, great point for sure. I mean, you, you, you touched on, on a lot there and, you know, things, uh, you know, even in the education system, you know, has to, you know, transform, you know, to the way, the way the, you know, modern world is, is, is kind of being run in college or, you know, even in high school. I mean, the structure of it is, you know, still pretty much the same as back in the little house in the prairie days. And it's just like, yep. it needs to evolve in, into, into something new. And, you know, yeah, like you said, Elon Musk and skill sets being more important, you know, being able to, you know, learn and walk away with something so you could hit the ground running, not just have like a, you know, a, a broad education that, you know, yeah. doesn't let you think, do anything. Yeah, I think just the biggest thing is just people are scared to fail. They don't want to lose money. They don't want to not be successful with the business. And I feel yeah. like a lot of people are scared to just take that risk um, and just, you know, get out there. But I mean, it's, business is not for everyone. I, I would never try to push entrepreneurship on every single person, every single kid, because you know, it's not for everybody. You know, everybody enjoys different things. Yeah, um, I just I just think the exposure well, I mean, is something. Yeah, I mean, people can do things because they want to. So, like, uh, yeah, even in my perspective, like, I mean, I'm a techie, uh, but I've done different things where you know I I don't need to consult myself out, but I do, and I work on on the latest you know cloud platforms and at an enterprise level because I want to stay on the cutting edge because I love technology. I don't have to. Uh, but I want to, and, you know, other people can, can do the same things, you know, like Elon Musk, he's doing the things he's doing because he wants to, and it's not just because of, you know, money driven and things like that. Uh, even though that's also a, a good, you know, perk, you don't want to go into things and lose money either, but <laughs> no, yeah, I'd be interested in reading that paper that, uh, that you mentioned there. So yeah, let me know if you do post. Oh, right, that's it. Uh, yeah, I should. I, I wonder what grade I got on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome stuff. So like uh, anything else that that's worth mentioning that you've been working on right now outside of that next gen ecom? Um, nothing too specific. I'm going to release yet. I mean, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes. I'm just trying to really keep my head down and focus on a couple of things at once instead of trying to juggle um, a ton of things. Just, that's just how I am more effective. You know, my personality is I, I want to do a million different things at once. But I'm and sort the of giveaways, to, maybe talk yeah. about that latest giveaway that you did. Oh, yeah. It's about that. People yeah. get excited about that. Yeah, so I just finished up a giveaway where basically you just enter, you enter the giveaway and you get points by, you know, following me on my social medias and getting referrals for like an affiliate system, stuff like that. But anyways, um, it was sort of like a thing for me to boost my personal brand, get more engagement and, you know, be able to connect more with my audience, 
give an opportunity to my audience for people that actually want to, you know, put an effort to win. And uh -huh. first place opportunity was, um, you know, you get to come to Miami, I'll fly you to Miami, put you in a dope Airbnb uh, for three days straight. I'm uh -huh. going to fly out my Facebook ads team. You know, we're going to have a great time and teach you. Second place is four one-hour mentorship calls. And third place was you get lifetime access to next generation e-commerce. And I did it. And the giveaway ended yesterday. I announced the winners. And the most, the weirdest thing ever, I want to say weird, but it was just like, what are the chances? So the, the winner already lives in Miami. So anybody in the world could win to come to Miami. And of course, the one winner lives in Miami already. So wow. like, I, I know people <laughs> are going to be sketched out about that. They're going to be like, oh, Tanner, you know, it's fake. You rigged it, whatever. Um, but actually, I had no idea this kid, this kid just, you know, he put in the effort to win and he won. Um, but, you know, to make things more exciting, I guess I was like, since I'm going to save money and not have to buy a plane ticket or whatever, anyways, I'm just going to go ahead and fly out another person. So today at 3 p.m. Eastern, about, um, you know, hour and a half, I'm going to be announcing another giveaway. But this is going to be, this is going to be a short giveaway. This is going to be like a two day, 48 hour giveaway. We got to figure out the details after this podcast, actually. <laughs> it's a yeah. few little different things we're working on, but. That'll I'm excited. <laughs> you know? So now, yeah, now we're going to have uh, two people in Miami for the hands-on mentorship. It's going to be awesome though. You know, I've never done something like this where I actually, you know, I've never trained anybody in person, you know, as far as like actually guided step-by-step, -step. maybe a couple people here and there just helping them out. But this is going to be like three days. It's going to be crazy. So everything's going to be yeah. documented. Also, I'm bringing a videographer friend. Um, you know, it's going to be an expensive little trip flying out all these people and paying for places to stay in Miami's expensive place. But I think it's going to be worth it in the long run just to be able to provide that value and then share the, that experience on video, uh, you know, to my audience. There's going to be yeah. some awesome YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. There's, yeah, win-win all the way around. And, um, I mean, even with that, I mean, so, I mean, I think even in your journey, because, like, I've seen some of your giveaways, you know, in the past uh, where, I forgot what it was, like, either iPhones or, you know, just giving away. Oh, money. yeah. But I'd say giving away something like this is way more valuable and a great oh, yeah. story to to share, which, uh, you know, yeah, this type of stuff, way more valuable. Um, oh, yeah. Like I, I did, you know, you know, giveaways too. And it was just like, I did it, you know, to kind of talk about like the proverb where it's just like you, uh, you give a man a fish and he eats for a day, but you teach a man to fish and he eats for the rest of his life. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so I was doing these giveaways. And I was just like, you know, hey, I'll give, you know you know, I hope you win, uh, this hundred dollars or whatever, but you know, what if you could, uh, you know, learn something where, you know, you could make a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars anytime you want, because you have the skill set mm -hmm. to do so. I would hope that people would rather want that. Right. I think, right. That's why, I, that's, that's how I want this to be. Like the, the kid who won first place who lives in Miami already is, I think he's like 15. Like he's pretty young. I want, I want to be able to help him through this. And he's already a little hustler. He said he has like a couple thousand saved up for ad spend and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> like I, I want him to be able to look it back at this when he's, when he's super successful and he's yeah. making a ton of money, you know, from whatever he's doing, e-commerce or whatever. I have no idea. You know, I want to be able to look back at this and be like, wow, you know, uh, you know, Tanner and his team yeah, helped you know, open my that. eyes to all the opportunities and, you know, I want to be able to, like, keep these long-term relationships with him and whoever else wins the next giveaway um, to sort of, like, you know, actually change their lives. So I used to just yeah. give away cash, like, crazy. Like, just, all right, here's $100, here's $20, like, all this stuff. But, like, 
that $100 or whatever, those people, most of them are going to use it in the right way. Like yeah. they're not going to spend it on ads most of the time. And uh, yeah, and the end result, I mean, you know, as, as you can see, you know, so now you're making an impact and you're, you're making an impact in the, in the people's, you know, livelihood and, you know, which is a great thing. And it's so fulfilling having that type of situation. is just so awesome because everybody wins, you know, it's a great story you know, that person's life is, you know, changed and improved forever. You have a great feeling for being able to, you know, share your knowledge and do that, um, which is just so awesome. So, uh, so great stuff, man. Yeah, you've been, you've been appreciate things it. And uh, I say, keep doing what you're doing. And, and like, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I do this podcast to kind of highlight the people that are, that are, you know, real out there to help people avoid the fakes and then help people that's real. And then, you know, some people, you know, they look at this, you know, level of success that you have and they immediately think, oh, it's a scam or it's a fake or it's get rich quick. But, uh, you know, I try to at least, you know, point out the, you know, the people that are real and that are doing it and delivering real value. And uh, that's, that's one of the goals of the show. So, uh, so I'd say for those in the audience that don't know about Tanner, definitely start watching him, get in touch with, with, with this program here because it's awesome stuff. He's the real deal and also made a huge impact on dropshipping, introducing the influencer marketing tactic uh, two years ago and then uh, now evolving into something like this, which is really great. So I'm looking forward to seeing, following you, staying in touch with you. Um, actually, that reminds me, is it cool to follow up with you later in the year to see how things are going? Oh, yeah, 100%. I would love to. Uh, that would be awesome, man. Well, hey, I appreciate your time. I know you're busy and then you're, you're getting ready to, to take on that. You dropped a lot of great tips and, and value for the audience. So this is great stuff, man. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. You know, my first podcast, had a great time. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I would love to do a, a, pro, a progress uh, podcast a little bit later on. Awesome stuff, man. Yeah, definitely awesome, man. Thanks, Tanner. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. So I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Tech Money Talks. I hope everything was helpful and thought-provoking and somewhat entertaining. If you want to learn more about this topic, please let me know so I know what to focus on in future episodes. My goal is to teach people how to make money with the opportunities that technology can bring. And if you like this episode, please show your support by subscribing, leaving an awesome review. And in the meantime, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. My tag name is Tech Money Talks. Thanks again. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Peace.